Welcome to our second episode in Principles and Leadership um, as we look at the Amazon case study. Uh, Joe Whitefield and Rich Wonders uh, back together as we're going to continue with that discussion uh, looking at different the different uh, leadership principles that uh, Amazon uh, uses. Uh, Rich, last time we talked about a couple. We're going to pick up this time with uh, two, two new ones, and I think these are... Uh, linked very, very well as we've talked about them off air. Uh, I want to share this with our with our listeners. Uh, learn and be curious and invent and simplify. How, how are those linked uh, in your in your mind and your experience? So great question and, and as you'll see as, as we work our way through these, there are some of these principles that just really, really fit well together. Right. And these two go so well because as we as humans learn new things as 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 our curiosity grows to expand our knowledge and and we broaden our horizons it's natural then that we want to take that new knowledge and put it to use right. in some way right. Applic- very much so. And, and, and so how do we apply that right, right. and so um, how do we use that to 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 come up with with new things to invent new things but when we do that, then uh, it's oftentimes that we, that as we invent things or we come up with new processes, they may not always be the most simple, straightforward things. And so there's always this trade-off between, uh, in an engineer's mind, between right. efficiency and effectiveness versus the mind of me, um, you know, a marketing and MBA guy who thinks simplicity. Right. And so how do you achieve that? trade-off as I have now begun to introduce new things into my brain and then I start to put those into practice now how do I simplify those so that those can be consumed broadly right. again assuming that that's as leaders in business that's that's one of our objectives or again back to our our discussion as parents I mean right. we want to scale the things that we do with our with our families with our kids and so to scale these things out uh, requires that we be able to articulate those in a simple fashion and and put in you know simplified processes and steps that we can scale. So let's just take them as they're written. Uh, the first one here um, that I, I really I really love you know learn and be curious. I personally think curiosity is it's it's sort of the essence of, of, of life that you continue to grow, you continue to learn. But let's just read what it says here. It says. Uh, from a leadership perspective, it says, Leaders are never done learning and always seek to improve themselves. They are curious about new possibilities and act to explore them. So again, that, that curiosity, um, you know, it, the, the idea that you're always growing or desiring to grow, you know, that if you're, not, if you're not moving forward, if you're just standing still, you're really moving backwards kind of thing, right? So this idea that, that, that the, the curiosity is the fuel, the jet fuel for that kind of uh, personal growth, and that's in some ways that's maybe what this is saying, is it not? No, it's it's exactly what it's saying, Joe. Is um, if and we've all heard it said before: if you're if you're not moving forward, then you're moving backwards, right? Right. And 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 I will tell you, as somebody who um, looks at a lot of resumes, interviews a lot of people, when I see somebody who has um, an advanced degree, mm-hmm. as an example. I mean, you've you've gotten your advanced degree. I've gotten my advanced degree. That doesn't mean that we're smarter than the next person. And when I look at that, I don't I don't assume that 
that anybody who has an advanced degree is smarter than the next person. But what I do look at that is that is a person who now understands how to learn, and they have demonstrated a level of curiosity to expand their their mindset. Sure. And so I mean, we can see it at even at the earliest ages in kids. You I mean you watch you watch even even babies watch their minds as they as they pick up things. You know, they learn by touch. They learn by putting things in their mouth. And it's this, this natural curiosity to, uh, to learn new things. Um, and oftentimes we lose that as adults. It's easier for us to lose that when we get into a job, a career, when in a very rote fashion we've got a set of tasks that we're performing day in and day out. And the more... The, the more mundane those tasks become, the more repeatable those processes become, the easier it is for us to fall into the trap of not learning and being curious and expanding our mindsets. Uh, I, I think that's so important. It's one of the things I think is kind of interesting is that, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but as I've gotten older, I have become more curious, not less curious. Uh, now, that's a little bit of a shock to me. When I was a, a younger person, you know, I, I was sort of, there were periods where I was sort of through with school. I, you know, I was just, you know, the idea of learning, you know, and, and, and really investing that time into learning, it wasn't very, I was ready to go do, I was ready to go get active and to go do things, but as I've gotten older, I have just become way more curious, I, you know, I, I like looking at history more than when I was a young person in school, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy looking at, taking a history course. Well, Joe, we're so, we're so old, there wasn't much history when we were in school, <laughs> there's That's a lot more history true. now. <laughs> but, but there's so many things to be curious about in, in this day and age with the advances, not just of technology, but again, the ability to see things and, and the opportunity to learn things in new ways that weren't available before. Um, so I think so. It, it's kind of a natural thing for me, maybe not for everybody, to, to want to be curious, but I think it's very interesting that it's codified in a leadership principle. Well, okay, so it's interesting you say that because I had, you know, thinking a little bit about this. So first of all, you know, like you, as I've gotten older, the older I get, um, the dumber I feel. Yeah. Right? And so I, very and, true. And, and, very I, true. I, and I think part of that, though, has to do with the time in which we live, the currency of information is so much shorter, right. is so much smaller. I mean, think back when, when, when we were kids, right, growing up. You used to be able to go do a book report on something by pulling the encyclopedia out. Right. Right? The, the idea that... that All knowledge is, existed in about 20, you know... Uh, 20 volumes on a shelf somewhere. And didn't, and didn't change. Right. Right. It, so, so now we are, we're in a time now where, where the, the shelf life of information is so small, is so short, and things change so fast. I mean, I even think about when, when you started your career, when I started my career, um, we didn't have cell phones. You didn't have, you weren't in constant connection with people you worked with right right so the pace at which things come that come at you now the pace at which you are required to respond to act upon information and therefore learn new information is like no other time we have ever lived in right so there's almost an imperative that you learn i mean it seems that way but this is why i like the idea i like the way it says you know, about curiosity it's not just the imperative go and be trained and and, and take on all these things as, as while there is sort of an imperative to keep up right type thing but the fact that when you're curious about something you have a you know perhaps a passion about something or you relate to something the learning 
uh, takes on a whole new, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's totally different than just being force-fed something. Right. Well, 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 correct, and and so so now you think about the it, once you start on that journey, the volume of things that you can accumulate and learn and be curious about um, can be a bit overwhelming, and that actually leads us into this next. Absolutely, it does. This is the ethos we have: is that we're going to be curious because we haven't defined every product, every service we're about. So we're gonna we're gonna look to expand and grow. So we have a healthy unit, a healthy organization, a healthy company, a healthy family, whatever it is, but the idea that we're going to keep growing, uh, which is the next uh, principle here, which is invent and simplify. And the text that goes with that from Amazon says, leaders expect and require innovation and invention from their teams and always find ways to simplify. They are externally aware, look for new ideas from everywhere, and are not limited by not invented here. As we do new things, we accept that we may be misunderstood for long periods of time. There's a lot to that, a lot to that invent and simplify. So let's start with the idea that uh, leaders are expecting to require innovation and invention from their teams. So this is why you as an engineer need me as a marketing guy. Because the engineers can invent you don't always simplify. Look, man, I'm That's way not... over on the left side of my brain right now, so you, you're, you're, you're tugging on me a little bit, so yeah. explain here. Well, okay, so, I mean, one of the examples, and you and I talked about this off the air, but, um, you know, it, I'll, I'll go back to the early days of, of MP3 players mm-hmm. when the market really wasn't just the, the singular domain of Apple. There were multiple market entrants uh, for digitizing music in an MP3 format, right? Uh, and and the, the the two early leaders in the market were Apple with their iPod and Microsoft with Zune, and it was widely recognized from um, purists that the, the the best product, the best platform, was Microsoft's. Um, the reason why Apple won that market and dominated and Microsoft subsequently exited mm-hmm. was because Steve Jobs and Apple learned a, a, a basic principle is they learned how to simplify the user experience all the way from purchasing the music to consuming the music across not just one but multiple platforms and then they expanded that to books and movies and photos and so they created an ecosystem they created m- and connected multiple points in the value chain for you as a consumer in ways that Microsoft couldn't. So well, that's the way you've, this is sort of written that these go hand in glove, and I don't think we always think that way. We think about invention sometimes. It gets, it's very, you know, technology, it's very, you know, complex, you know, very comprehensive, and, you know, it does all these things. And yet the part that has to go with it is the simplify, right? Again, kind of back to that first principle about the customer obsession, that customer experience, right? And that is the customer has to be able to use it. They don't necessarily need to have a PhD, you know, in, in product to be able to use the product, right? So they, they really do go hand in glove to be most effective. And, and they do. And one of the themes, Joe, that I think will, will, will resonate through this entire series is this notion of trying to scale things, right? As leaders, one of our jobs is, is to 
help the people, help the teams, help those that are around us to be able to scale whatever it is. Because again, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, I can't replicate Joe, but but you can you can instill in people these mental models, give them mechanisms to be able to scale across their business. And so that's one of the the key the key reasons why you simplify is so that you can scale. Well, let me let me just suggest this for some of our leaders because this is a challenge uh, for. For me and 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 uh, in essence, my team and, and and folks, my colleagues and people that I work with, and one of the things is that we, um, you know, there's a saying that uh, I just want to know what time it is. The I don't want to know how the watch, watch was made, right? right? And so, all of us have expertise or have experience or skill sets, and we you know, and we bring this knowledge and we bring this experience to bear in in whatever job, whatever function or organization we're in. And so, sometimes, uh, particularly in an engineering set, you know, mindset, and maybe in a lot of others. The idea is to be able to, you know, people want to show what they know, right? So it, it really is tempting to tell somebody how the watch was made, to tell them all that you, you know, all that you know. Um, and I think part of this is the ability to simplify that. You were talking to me earlier about a superpower. And I, mm-hmm. I, want, I want our listeners to hear this because I think that's, it's, it's an important lesson for me to think about. Uh, so talk about, uh, talk about a superpower and frame this for me. So one of the questions I always ask in an interview process is, you know, tell me what your superpower is. Because I believe that everybody has one or more, and, and sometimes people have never thought of it in those terms. Um, but I believe everybody has something that they do kind of maybe uniquely well and, 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 and carries them, right, in their career and their personal life. Right. Uh, and, and for me, my superpower has been... Um, to simplify, uh-huh. and it—it's not even so much being able to simplify um, mechanisms, but it's being able to simplify ideas. It's being able to look at at something and read it and say, "No, it's not these six things that you think are the most important. It's these three things." Mm-hmm. Because if these three things don't happen, everything else doesn't really matter. Right. Right, and so I that was a that was a skill that I had to develop earlier in my career, and I was thrust into a job where that was really key, and so I had to quickly learn how to for C levels above me in a corporation that I was working for is to be able to filter out for them. Here are the real important issues, right? And, and so I learned how to 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 simplify. The very complex, not from a mechanical perspective, but from a verbal perspective, from an idea perspective. Right. Communication, and, being, and able being able to, to get the idea that. part right, get the uh, uh, get the idea uh, brought out. We were talking uh, before about just the ability to communicate. Again, one of the things is that when you have so much knowledge or so much interest, uh, there's a you know in the book made to stick. Uh, it talks about the curse of knowledge. You have so much knowledge, you can think in the abstract. You right. can tell inside jokes about something that you're very aware of, right? But the other other folks don't know that. So the thing is not to, again, tell people how the watch is made and to unload everything you've ever thought about known about. That is to, is to distill it down to what's important. And it's ultimately, what is, you know, why is this, what's the point, and why does this matter? And, and so the, I'm hearing you say it's like the ability to to pull that lead, no, to tell to get the lead. What is the lead here, and why is this important? And, and, it, and it is. And, and I and I used to say this, um, and and I don't mean to, it to sound it to sound flippant, but I would but I would say, look, if if the world was going to be ruled by the smartest people with the best ideas, 
Stephen Hawking would have been emperor of the world. Um, but it's not because it's often those people that can communicate the ideas in a simple and consumable fashion that people tend to gravitate around as leaders, right? And so we'll talk a little bit in subsequent um, settings about some other leadership principles that that feel like they work in an opposite direction. Right. This notion of diving deep, right. right? Which is which feels like it's the opposite of simplify. Right. But the truth is, is you can't simplify unless you really understand the details that sit underneath that thing that you're trying to simplify, right? The more you understand about a concept, the easier it it will be to explain it in a simple way. I think that's that's the key thing. Do you know enough about it to be able to, to simplify it? That's, that's when you really know something right. is when you can simplify, right? Well, I don't want to leave this topic. We're running uh, uh, close to time here, but I don't want to leave this topic without exploring this one uh, concept. It says, as we do new things, we accept that we may be misunderstood for long periods of time. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing. So, um, uh, so every year, um, Jeff Bezos writes a letter to the shareholders as part of his annual report. And there is a letter that he wrote to the shareholders in 1997 that um, is kind of the Magna Carta inside Amazon. People, you know, go back and they look at this. And, 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 when, he, and when Jeff started this company, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. And he was willing to be misunderstood for a very long period of time because he had so much conviction about what he was doing and that it was right. And so there are examples of things when, when the company moved from, from selling physical books into things like the Kindle. Um, people didn't understand that because people are always going to want to touch things, they thought, right? And then when the most current example now is the part of the business that I work for, which is Amazon Web Services, which has been around for about 12 years. And it was really the birth of what you and I now think of as you know this concept of the cloud. Well, when Amazon started down that path, nobody really understood this or knew this. And, and they were focused on, look, we think that this is the right thing to do. We are willing for analysts, for customers, for partners, for competitors to misunderstand what we're doing. And we're willing to let that go on for a very long time. And those decisions have proven to be game changers for the company. But it's again, it's it, it really comes back to, take yourself out of the Amazon world, it really comes back to, at your core, do you really, really believe in the thing that it is you're doing? Do you really believe in the way that you are raising your kids? Do you really believe in the things that you are instilling in them to the point where you're okay if your kids don't understand it for well, a that's long time? Well, I think that's a just such the perfect example, right? You know, as a parent, you know you're going to be misunderstood, uh, you know, for, for a while with your children until they mature and, and, and kind of have some experiences, that kind of thing. But again, just, I, I can see this in business. I can see this particularly uh, as you look at being innovative because you're going to be talking about concepts. You're going to be talking about a lot of things that uh, not everybody has the vision for. We, we, we see tangible things, and as things come to fruition, we see tangible things. And uh, But particularly in, in the concept of, of invention and innovation, uh, that makes that makes sense. Now, now I w- will say this. Obviously, it's a lot easier to weather the storm of being misunderstood for a long period of time 
if you're the CEO as opposed <laughs> to the guy working on the assembly line. That's right. Right. So right. so positionally, there is some there is some things that all things are not created equal here. I do I do get that. But right. the notion again, as is as a leader, is you start to scale out what you believe. You start to gather those around you, and and begin to. To, to bring them on board, and then it becomes easier to kind of weather that storm of disbelief. Well, and when you and I'll, I'll conclude, we'll conclude on this if you think this is uh, appropriate. And that is, go back to we've talked before about earning trust. This idea that all, all ideas, all concepts are being tested. You're seeking, you're seeking the truth, right? You're you're putting those things out there. So even if it's you have these convictions, these things like that, they're still being tested. They are. Um, but and, and and I'll end with this: Th- that doesn't imply that you're not open to new ideas and new concepts, right. right? But by the time you have formulated these things, you have gone through your process. You have you have you have been curious, you have sought to bring in new knowledge, you have invented things, you have in, you have simplified. You have dived deep to understand the details of these things. And these are all the things that now fortify your belief and cause you to say, look, you know, I'm I'm okay if you don't believe me for a long period of time. Very good. Well thanks for this uh, uh Uh, For that, uh, Rich, thanks for joining us for this episode. Hope you'll stay tuned as we uh, look at the next couple of principles in the next episode.